Welcome to another episode of At The Boundary, the podcast from the Global and National Security Institute at the University of South Florida. I'm Jim Cardoso, Senior Director for GNSI and your host for At The Boundary. We're only a couple of weeks into 2024, but we're excited to bring you even more big news this week. Last episode, we announced our new GNSI Fellows Program, and today, we're pleased to announce that GNSI has recently completed the acquisition of our first peer-reviewed academic journal. The Journal of Strategic Security is a top 20 military studies journal as ranked by Google Scholar and is utilized and cited by researchers around the world. Since 2008, the journal has published 61 issues of outstanding analysis and book reviews. And as of a couple weeks ago, it's the newest publication in the USF library. Establishing our own academic journal has always been an important aspect of the GNSI strategic plan. Making the Journal of Strategic Security part of our content catalog puts us years ahead of schedule in building a world-class publication library. In order to fulfill its mission of providing decision makers actionable solutions for 21st century security challenges, it's imperative that GNSI publish diversity of thought and experiences to confront these challenges. The Journal of Strategic Security will serve as a a permanent and transparent forum for the presentation, scrutiny, and discussion of research from a broad array of eminent thinkers and practitioners. To talk about the journal, its history, and the role played by USF libraries, we've invited a couple of guests to join us today on At the Boundary. Jay Tamsit has served as the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Strategic Security for nearly 16 years and will continue managing publication of the journal with us. He joins us today from cool but beautiful Colorado. Glad to have you with us, Jay. Thanks for having me, Jim. Also joining us today in the studio is Todd Chavez, the dean of USF Libraries. Todd is a USF alum, has been serving as dean since 2015, and has been associated with the journal since 2010. Thanks for joining us, Todd. Thank you very much. So, you know, I gave a very brief background sketch, but tell us a little more about yourselves, including how you first got involved with the Journal of Strategic Security. We'll start with you, Todd. Thank you. So it it was actually 2007. Uh, I was approached by my colleague, Dr. Randy Borum. Randy today is the director of the School of Information. Then that school includes both the Master Master of Arts degree in Library and Information Science and the Strategic and Cyber Intelligence programs, as well as a a host of uh, well-regarded grad certificates. And Dr. Borum at the time wanted to explore the possibility of launching an online digital information resource that would address issues related to strategic security. And after a period of discussion, we rapidly settled on, a, on a dis, an open access journal strategy uh, to pursue. So his interest and in the uh, USF Library's early commitment to promoting open access generally dovetailed very well. And so we dove right in and began the process of, of planning and, and bringing the journal to fruition. Excellent. Yeah. And, we're, and uh, Randy Borm has been a part of this since the very beginning. I know yeah. we, we tried to get Randy on. He's just unavailable today, but he's been uh, great to work with as we move forward. Yeah, and he's a prolific author in this area as well and researcher. So Absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Jay, you've been the editor-in-chief of JSS pretty much since the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with the journal. Yeah, thanks, Jim. My affiliation started uh, when I joined Henley Putnam, which was a small private university based in San Jose, California. And it actually started as a print journal back then. And I would just 
fell in love with the idea of having a scholarly publication that was uniquely focused on uh, national security, global affairs, defense, and intelligence uh, from a practitioner's perspective. Uh, and that's really where we started. Uh, so the vision that this publication had uh, to grow and reach a global audience was really appealing. And so I took over the responsibilities as the editor-in-chief back in, I think, December of 2008. And since then, the journal has grown uh, exponentially, really, over the years with readers and authors around the globe uh, benefiting from this exchange of ideas in a scholarly format. And this is what JSS, uh, as I call the journal, has matured into today. Matt, yeah, like I said, you've been with it since the beginning, and and we're really we've you know as we looked at it, we've really seen how it's grown, and we look forward to to moving forward and continue to grow that, and, and of course with that vision, um, you know, Todd, some of our listeners may be curious about the role of USF libraries in the Journal of Strategic Security. Can you describe that? Sure. So, the, as the USF libraries, we have a longstanding commitment to open access. Uh, by the way, a lot of people don't know what OA or open access is. Uh, in essence, what it means is that the material that people want to read is free to them. Uh, but open access is not free. Uh, there are costs and, and efforts associated with it. Jay represents an, an area where um, his expertise is, has value. Uh, but the library stepped in to help support in the most cost-efficient way both this journal and other journals. And <clears throat> so what we provide is a publishing platform and a dissemination platform. Um, and we add to that expertise and guidance concerning some of the best practices that are in OA publishing. So we've done uh, work with Jay and others to help maximize the journal's impact through such activities as search engine optimization, working with Google and others to help ensure that the material is very visible. Um, we, we assign DOIs, which are digital object identifiers to every single article uh, within the journal. What that essentially is, it's a permanent address. So if you want to find something on the internet today, uh, there's a great value in there being a permanent address where you can always find it. So that's what a, that's what a DIA, DOI serves as. And then generally we've, we've worked to support Jay's editorial role. Um, and I don't, I, I want to say that a strong editorial control for an open access journal is, is critical and Jay's been the strongest of hands on the tiller, so to speak. Well, you guys have had a relationship now for a decade and a half almost, The, the right? whole time, yeah. yeah. And um, my colleague, Carol Ann Borkert, works with Jay quite often. And um, I don't know, they may have actually met. Although in this virtual world, it's hard to know who... Who's actually physically met? Yeah, define meet. <laughs> yeah, know, it says meet means many things these days, and especially since uh, since COVID. Um, you know, Jay, over the years, as, as we talked about, you know, you've been doing this for you know, gosh, fifteen years now. Have you seen any trends and themes or topics that comprise accepted articles for publication? You know, related to that. And look, this is for all the aspiring authors out there. You know, what general characteristics do you see present in the articles that are accepted for publication? Great question. When we first started out, we were still in the midst of the global war, war on terror and had a heavy domestic emphasis on homeland security and were really focused on U.S.-centric issues. So topics like violent extremism, non-state actors, and large in the publication. And these issues, unfortunately, remain prominent features of our complex international security environment. So we still regularly publish on these issues from leading thinkers in the field 
including, as we mentioned uh, previously, uh, USF's own Randy Borum. But as the world world has continued to rotate away from the global war, war on terrorism to more of a state-based uh, strategic competition posture, the journal is evolving along with that and is placing more of an emphasis on issues like geopolitics and Russia and China and how to understand topics like gray zone conflict and information operations. But I would say that our topic set is pretty diverse since strategic security is intentionally a pretty broad umbrella term. So we invite authors to actually reach out to us with inquiries, questions, to send abstracts, uh, to really interact with us and dialogue with us, which I think is unique in this industry, uh, providing a personal touch so that we can, um, you know, provide that feedback and, and provide advice to aspiring or, or current researchers in the field. Yeah, you know, I, and look, I'll, I'll say I don't have a lot of experience in this industry. In fact, the first time I, you know, I've spoken with you, we spoke with Todd, you've consistently used words that I, I, I don't understand and have learned over time. And it's been a good learning process. Um, but, you know, y you see how things are changing. And, you know, I was in the Air Force during the time that uh, in 2008, when in fact, I was uh, just come off a of deployment at that time. Uh, and things have changed. I mean, and now like GNSI, we're about to do a large conference on the uh, the relationship between artificial intelligence and strategic in the area of strategic competition. And, you know, so now AI is a whole nother in the technology capabilities and how the impact strategy is also something I would think that the journal would be interested in exploring as well, right, Jay? Right. <clears throat> I completely agree with you. The journal's extremely interested in publishing what is relevant and salient to decision makers and thinkers and policymakers really around the world, touching all sectors of business and government and military affairs. And so things like AI certainly are important for uh, our authors and readers to uh, consider. So I, I think that's a great compliment to what GNSI is doing. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll be we'll be digging more into that. Gene, as I tries to exist at the boundary of technology and policy. And there's uh, as we've seen in the you know recent years and months and even each day, there's new news about uh, some of the technical um, advances and how they impact uh, how they impact strategy. Uh, and, and it's really it, it's hard to predict what's going to happen next. So I think there'll be a lot to explore as uh, we pr proceed forward with JSS here under uh, GNSI. Uh, Todd, as previously as previously discussed, you know, USF Libraries oversees a large repository of journals. And from your experience, can you describe any, I guess, general characteristics that exemplify the, the excellent ones like the Journal of Strategic Security? Sure. So th there are some qualities that, that stand out. I mentioned earlier the importance of strong and competent editorial leadership. Um, and without that, you, you can't meet publishing deadlines. And you also have difficulty preserving the quality of the contributions that come in. Uh, JSS has, has that. Um, I'd also say that it's very important to have a clear mission from the outset. Uh, there was a lot of clarity around what JSS uh, what the purpose for JSS was and and is, and uh, the editorial and editorial board and the review process quickly firmed up around that that purpose, and and therefore was successful both in engaging readership, which is critical, but also uh, attracting authors that want to con contribute. Um, and then finally, I'd say that uh, Jay mentioned just a minute ago currency and relevancy. That, that is incredibly important. I hold both currency and relevancy in high regard for successful projects. They, um, uh, that will help stimulate readership and also the contributions that are, 
are very important. And I think JSS scores very high marks for both of those dimensions and um, does so for a global audience. And, and that's very important for an open access journal that seeks to penetrate markets. I, and I can give you some data on that down the road here. I know we're going to talk a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. you'd be, you might be shocked where, uh, how often and um, this journal's downloaded in, in the number of countries. So, and Yeah, maybe we'll have a chance to talk about it. Nothing an audience on a podcast likes more than going through data. a lot of numbers and A lot data. of data, That's, a lot I of mean, numbers. Riveting stuff. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's falling asleep on the road as they're driving home right now. Um, you know, Jay, you know, one question, I guess, why should someone pick up the Journal of Strategic Security? Okay, got it. It's an online journal. You just, just, just work with me here. You know, what does JSS uniquely contribute to the larger national security dialogue? That's a great question. I, I don't know of any other publication that caters to such a broad and diverse global audience as the Journal of Strategic Security and our author base. So we receive and publish scholarship from all over the world on a daily basis, from Russia, from Ukraine, China, India, Pakistan. It's like reading firsthand accounts of what's really going on on the ground from scholars who are digging in and doing some cutting edge research in the field and offering practical insights and perspectives for our readers uh, who also span the globe in a variety of capacities, as I mentioned previously. So everything that we publish, we really intend to be a major contribution to the literature, to that qualitative and quantitative insight, and to provide those perspectives that I, I just don't know where else you can find it in a, in a referee journal like, like the Journal of Strategic Security. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. I mean, and, and it, again, these are just one of the many things that we want to continue to uh, to offer that capability and even and even continue to expand it as well for the audience and for the uh, the potential authors as well. Uh, you know, Todd, USF Libraries has a broad range of journals it maintains along with uh, JSS and its digital commons. So talk to the audience a bit about that. And you're cleared hot to brag a bit if you if you want to. Um, also, do you foresee any changes in the role of GSS in that library now that USF and GNSI have become owner of the journal? So, yeah, thank you for asking about that. So I do have my chance to brag. There um, you go. Go for it. We, we have a suite of uh, open access journals that we've been publishing uh, since 2006. We've been uh, working with journals. Uh, we bring new journals on usually once once or twice a year at, at most at this point, we've reached um, a certain capacity level. And I'm sure lots of them are almost as good as a journal of strategic <laughs> security, right? Oh, no. It, it, the, JSS is our top journal right now. Of course. Now. Yes, um, absolutely. All-time downloads, 1.6 million downloads of mm. the material that, that uh, Jay and his contributors have been putting online for people to, to read and fantastic. do yeah. research. This year alone, it's 141,000 so far. Um, so we're, it's on a great pace here. Um, but the total collection of, of journals is, uh, one, we've had 6.6 .6 million downloads since we've launched the project. Uh, we've got about 6,000 articles that are available through the repository and, um, any, anyone in the world can download this material and, and use it. And in fact, um, at last count, we had 239 different countries that had downloaded articles from our, our, our suite of journals. Uh, JSS gets downloaded most frequently from w what you would expect. Many of the English-speaking uh, countries, UK, India, Canada, Australia, and so forth, but also from Germany, the Philippines, and Indonesia. There's a lot of, of traffic. So this is a truly global journal, and um, we expect that that will continue. Uh, we're very early in the transition now from the the private the prior relationship. 
to the current relationship. Um, you know, I anticipate that General McKenzie and the GNSI team are going to accelerate the exceptional level, the, the already exceptional level of relevancy that JSS has. Uh, and, you know, just in my short experience with General McKenzie, just talking to him is like an educational experience. So I suspect that um, that's going to translate in some ways. He'll, he's going to put some flavor on the journal and help protect, perhaps guide contributions down the road and uh, suggest themes and, and so forth that might help uh, uh, help the journal with uh, as it moves forward in the future. Yeah, 42 years in the Marine Corps and uh, culminating as a command of U.S. Central Command. That, that gives you some experience it, that's, that's worth yeah. listening to. And I suspect he knows a few authors, potential <laughs> one <or two>. authors. <laughs> yeah, one or two. I would think he has he has, he has a bit of outreach there. Uh, you know, Jay and, and Todd has referenced this. In fact, I've caught at least two, if not maybe more direct references to the editorial excellence of JSS. Mm -hmm. You know, it's already an excellent multidisciplinary forum for scholarship, discussion of strategic security issues. And, and you know, since you're the editor, this is your opportunity to brag a little bit too. Um, however, like anything else, if you're not evolving with the times, you're in danger of becoming extinct. So what changes do you foresee for the journal with this transition to USF and GNSI ownership? Well, thanks for the question. And I do appreciate the uh, strong support we've received from the University of South Florida's uh, libraries uh, heretofore and its digital commons open access uh, project and initiatives and we're really proud to be a part of that because we don't want people to have to pay a fee to uh, submit their research or to uh, read the research. And so it's great that it's it's provided in the platform that it is. Um, you know, I, I think that USF and GNSI and this, this tighter linkage we now have of being in the same family and under the same umbrella is, is to see the journal evolve over time to include opportunities for more dialogue and engagement with the research and with authors whenever possible. Uh, as this podcast expands, for example, it's, it might be interesting to interview uh, an author and, and interrogate some of their research. With the prevalence of digital technology and social media and, and other forums, I think there's a real opportunity to um, you know, be more dynamic and interactive in in the subject matter that we're presenting uh, by way of publication. I'm also a big fan of workshops and uh, venues like that to bring people together to learn from each other, to share ideas, best practices, uh, give authors the opportunity to present findings from their research and to interact with uh, readers and uh, decision makers who are relying upon that research to inform their views. And I think our partnership with GNSI creates the context for this uh, becoming a potential reality in the near future. So uh, I'm really excited about the partnership. Yeah, and, and we are as well. And I'll tell you what, I mean, some of the things that, that, that you said there, it, it just so uh, just so closely aligns with exactly uh, some of the ways we see it, uh, you know, with this podcast, some of our, our large conferences or other research efforts. Um, uh, you know, we'd love to have some of these authors involved with this at speakers, at panelists, either on the podcast or at the conferences. There's there's this, you know, this uh, audience out there of people that are that are contributing, that are writing, that are thinking along these lines. So, yeah, let's let's give them multiple opportunities to contribute to that. And then we can cap that type of research in the journal as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we are we are uh, right in line as we move forward in this. So I'm looking forward to the future as well. So, Todd, between now and late March, it's in the first uh, issue uh, of uh, the the uh, the journal under USF and GNSI ownership comes out. What can we expect to see? So uh, the the library side of that equation is boring. It's going to be about uh, price. critical, but <laughs> it's boring. very, very important. But it's it's boring. Uh, we'll be working on getting uh, 
the changes in branding uh, made so that there's a, a new look and feel to the journal, but also we'll be working on uh, transferring some of the the uh, standard numbers and uh, identifiers that 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 call the journal out to the academic community and the library community, get them into alignment with a new uh, new ownership, and uh, and then just working with the GNSI team and Jay to to help facilitate whatever um, content or content changes that they may want to make uh, going forward. So we're we're going to be in a very uh, technical and support role here. You all are going to do the creative and fun work. I found that riveting, actually. I think, <laughs> but you know, we joke about that. But we've we've had a lot of discussion uh, already leading up to this between you know the libraries and and uh, GNSI and J and you know all you know all this stuff is absolutely that base that baseline work is absolutely critical. There's so much that goes in into the making this the transition successful and then the the continued future of the journal successful as well. But but at the same time, the the the, the riveting stuff truly is the content of the journal. So That's Jay, right. over to you. You know what, what can we expect to see in volume 17 issue one yeah we're excited to publish under the uh, gnsi and usf shared banner here in uh, just a few short weeks for us we've been planning this issue for about six months uh, there's a long lead time to publishing um, in the journal so encourage people to share their ideas uh, early and often so by way of just a little uh, context setting, if you will, first. So we aim to publish between five and eight articles, uh, give or take, in each one of our quarterly issues. So that means we're, we're publishing four times a year. And I tend to think of them in seasons, a spring issue, summer, fall, and winter. And we also uh, publish uh, book reviews in addition to those articles, and as well as uh, student and faculty joint publications, which um, there's more information about available on our website, and you're always welcome to reach out to me as well. Uh, so for the spring issue, we've got uh, various topics on all, all kinds of exciting things. One is on hybrid warfare. Uh, we, we continue each issue to publish at least one article because of the contemporaneous nature and interest uh, it's receiving on gray zone conflict and how to think about it in terms of policy and doctrine and practice. Uh, usually from a U.S. perspective, but we like to invite the uh, perspectives of uh, our allies and partners and, and others as well. We've got an article coming out on uh, right-wing online extremism and the ecosystem in which that radical propaganda exists, uh, which is really interesting. Um, one that I'm particularly focused on is uh, something new to me about Russia's uh, Federal Security Service and how it influences uh, executive decision-making in the Kremlin uh, another one related to uh, the conflict in the Crimea from uh, 2014 and and how uh, the globe could better respond to uh, lessons that, that stemmed from that. Uh, we've got one on the relationship between special operations and conventional forces. That's a dynamic relationship right now as uh, soft forces uh, react and respond in different ways um, to the the posture and reorientation to strategic competition from the global war on terrorism that we talked about earlier. And, and what, what should that new CONOP and that interface uh, look like? And then we've got a, a student faculty publication on the origins and implications of uh, the Palestinian uh, Israeli conflict. So something that's unfolding before our very eyes, history is being made in real time. And, and we don't want to shy away from, um, you know, publishing scholarship that, takes objective 
uh, thought-provoking and professional uh, evidence-based views on hot topics uh, or current events like that. So we don't publish op-ed pieces or opinion pieces um, or narratives in that sense. So I do encourage readers to think carefully about how they're positioning their um, their research as an evidence-based, uh, you know, thought-provoking um you know, thought piece that we could publish and invite differences of opinion and different perspectives so that we can remain apolitical and uh, objective in our publishing um, authority and credibility with our readers. Uh, that sounds like a fantastic uh, uh, issue. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, you have uh, some some things with historical concepts, some some that are very current, um, some big picture stuff, some more, you know, drilled down, a little bit of uh, uh, healthy, um, uh, healthy controversy, I think, in there as well, you know, that that generates dialogue. I mean, that's that's all the earmarks of just of a great issue. So uh, I think I'm looking forward to it and hopefully everybody listening is looking forward to it as well. Um, so, um uh, any final remarks as we close out the podcast, uh, Todd? Well, we're just really happy to be involved in this project. We look forward to the opportunity to collaborate with GNSI. And um, I suspect that JSS will continue to be one of our top journals, if not the top journal going forward into the future. So good luck to everybody. And thank you for all the work that everyone's done to help support our goal to help support open access across the globe. Appreciate that. Yeah, I look forward to it too, Todd. And from Virtual World, Jay, any final comments as we close out? Yeah, thanks, Todd, for your comments. And Jim, you as well. I just want to let listeners know that uh, the Journal of Strategic Security welcomes ideas and draft manuscripts on a rolling basis. In addition to our occasional call for papers available from our website, and you're free to reach out to us anytime online. We strive to be incredibly responsive and collaborative with all of our authors who are our best friends. And also thank you to the hosts for this excellent podcast. And I'm looking forward to working closely with GNSI and USF on pioneering new ground together in global and national security. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jay. You know, think about podcasts that live forever. So, I mean, some people may be listening to this next week when we publish it. Some people may be listening to it next year and they'll hear that. So who knows what kind of authors may uh, come out and know more about us and uh, be able to contribute as well. And so many thanks to, to both Todd uh, Chavez and Jay Tamsett for joining us today, walking us through this milestone for GNSI. You know, acquiring the Journal of Strategic Security is a huge step in our development at GNSI, and we couldn't have done it without both of you. I'd uh, also like to recognize a couple other people for the key roles they played. One's already been mentioned, Randy Borm, uh, director. Uh, Todd already mentioned what he does, but he's also the director of intelligence studies here at USF, College of Arts and Sciences. And also Tad Schnaufer, uh, he's the strategy and research manager here at GNSI. And, and thank you to our audience for joining us today. As the transition of the Journal of Strategic Security to USF and GNSI continues, check out our website or the USF Digital Commons to access the journal. And please follow GNSI on our LinkedIn and X accounts at USF underscore GNSI. If you like what we're doing, follow the show on your podcast player. Give us a review. So that'll wrap up this episode of At The Boundary. Each new episode will feature global and national security issues that we found to be insightful, intriguing, fascinating, maybe controversial, but overall just worth talking about. I'm Jim Cardoso, and we'll see you at the Boundary.